Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Mamas, welcome back to the Gather Moms podcast. We are smack dab in the middle, or coming to the end of actually, mm-hmm. yes. our Mind Your Motherhood season. Can you believe it? How did we get here? I know. How? But, you know, we did it all last semester and really just kind of started from the expecting waiting season and just worked our way through, you know, having newborns and toddlers and school age kids, middle school kids, stopped in on some hot topics. Then we had Christmas. And so here we are kind of picking it back up. Um, our episode last week with Shauna was so great talking about being strategic, having a strategic season. I kind of want to know how y'all are doing with that. Anybody gotten strategic in the last week? How are we doing? So honestly, Jeremy and I have been looking at, uh, these family values activities we want to do. So I need to pick which ones we like. Cause I was kind of like, I don't really love like any single one of these. So we may just make our own and then I'll put it out there. If we, if we make something that we like, that sounds great to help your family create values. Cause we really liked that, but I've used several things that Shauna has said, like in conversations with other people to encourage them. I just yeah. feel like she had so much wisdom. She did. I agree. So we left off with middle schoolers. So that brings us up to the teenage years. Oh, the best years of our life. <laughs> don't you agree? Was it the best years of your life? I don't remember. As I, remember I don't remember anything. I don't remember my life as a teenager. Okay. Well, I'm going to need you to try and remember a little bit. Uh-oh. So here's the thing. I think when we think about our teenagers now, I think we think that so many things are different. You know, like everybody's always like, oh, teenagers these days, you know. <laughs> we have no idea what they're experiencing. It's all so new. Well, ex- right. And there are so many things that are different for sure, right? Like what do you feel like is different for them? Oh, technology. Huge. Isn't that the big one? I didn't one? have a cell phone. I didn't have a mobile device. Well, and then especially not social media. No, yeah, did not have that. And just like straight up the internet. No, that that brings with it. Did we even use the internet in school? I already remember using the internet. I remember encyclopedias, y'all. Like legit went to the bookshelf and pulled out M through Z to look up whatever it was. I really do remember going to the library and using that for like research projects and stuff like that. That card catalog. Oh, I love a good card catalog. (laughs) They don't even know what a card catalog is. I know. I was helping Lydia with a project the other night, and she's just copied all this stuff from Wikipedia. I'm like, ma'am, do you know what Wikipedia is? <laughs> Are these actual facts? And then he's like, I thought Wikipedia was lies. Isn't it lies? I mean, and then they want him to cite the source, and you're like, okay, we'll put the web link? I mean, yeah. You know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, ma'am, we were out here doing real research. Listen, I feel like when I look something up on the internet, whatever's first, I'm like, it's a shade because I feel like they paid to be number one. <laughs> yes. So I don't even know if it's true. Do you do that? I don't so click I got, on the sponsored. I got to scroll down <laughs> to somebody else that I feel like had to work hard to get their article on there. Yes. Somebody's paying to get first. I think that, you know, obviously like fashions are different. Yes, but they're I, coming back around. So it's so interesting. I know. Isn't it baggy jeans that Listen, are like the in the 90s now? are Something? Yes. Yes. We're having a 90s moment here in this 2023, 2024. Um 
And, you know, I think there's more pressure on them to, like, I don't know, do more college classes. Yeah, because I don't remember graduating high school with any college credits. Yeah. Because you didn't do that in high school. You just took four years of high school, all these classes you were supposed to take, and now it's like they're done halfway through their junior year, and it's like, oh, the rest of the time is just, what do you want to do? It really is a weird thing. Now, I did, my senior year, so I grew up in College Station where Texas A&M is, and my senior year, I had off periods, and so I went to classes at Blinn. I went home and watched 90210. <laughs> Good for you. That's what I did. You got to watch 90210. No, because my parents weren't home because my mom was a teacher. So it was my only chance to watch 90210. You they weren't rebel. Home. <laughs> wow. And your eyes were opened. Oh, so many things. So many things. The veil was lifted. <laughs> okay. One of the things I think that's really funny about this generation is all of the slang words. Yes. Like, I feel like Gen Z is just out here every few weeks coming up with some new slang and who does it don't you want to know like who is the one who's creating this who stuff is actually creating the word yeah i don't know tiktok is tiktok creating probably the word? probably it's probably a lot of it coming from that okay but i wanted us to think back and wanted to see if you said any of these slang words from the 90s since things teens were saying in the 90s now i know you grew up in the bubble but maybe do you even remember some of these things? So I was like, I was definitely a teenager in the 90s. So we'll see <laughs> what made it into my house. Okay. Do you remember the era of whatever? Was that from Clueless? Yes. Okay. I did watch that movie. So Okay. So several of these, I think, were influenced by Clueless. Okay. Because whatever is on here, as if. That was definitely clueless, yes. Like, as if was so real. Um, my bad. She definitely said that in that movie, too. She did? That's from Clueless? Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so take a chill pill? Yes, I remember, remember that. that. That feels very innocent. Um, da bomb. Da bomb. <laughs> That's the bomb. I mean, I would have never said duh, but... Duh. <laughs> this is what was on my list from the okay, internet. no, I don't know if I said that. <laughs> Booyah. No, definitely did not say booyah. Home skillet. I remember that one, but how do you use home skillet in a sentence? What's up, home skillet? Oh, <laughs> homie. Is homie on yeah. there? Okay, yeah. I said homie. Talk to the hand. Yes. And if I said that to Steve and Judy, oh, listen. <laughs> Some bad's about to happen. And chillax. Yeah, I didn't say that. <laughs> do you know? Do you remember that though? Yes, it's a combination of the words chill and relax. So, but here's the thing that I will say about these things on this list: like they have some relation to an actual word, correct? And nowadays it doesn't. Where you can kind of be like, okay, I can get that. You yes. know, like chillax. Yes, That's obviously chill and relax. Bam, nailed it. Got it. You know. Talk to the hand. Like, you can generally understand what that means. But let's talk about some of the slang from today. Do share. All right. Bussin. Do you know what bussin means? Isn't it mean you're in a hurry? <laughs> I'm bussin. I'm bussin out of here. I'm late for a meeting. I love that. I think bussin is like, it's good. Like, that dinner was bussin'. No, that has no relation to good. I don't even know. No, no. Okay, situationship. Yes, I just learned this one. Is it like you are with another, like a boy-girl thing, but you're not quite yeah. an item, and so it's like pre-item? Yeah. 
Yeah. So we have a situationship. Yeah. Okay. That one feels like, okay, we could understand that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is a little racy, this one I'm about to say. And I don't actually know what these letters mean exactly. Uh-oh. I'm scared. <laughs> but there's this term they're using called a gyat. I have no idea what that is. It's something about somebody with a big booty. And I think the A in the word is a is a swear word. <laughs> Why can't, I mean, what did we say? I like big butts and I can't yeah. lie. But it's, she, maybe she has a gyat. I don't know how you would use it in a sentence. <laughs> My kids would be so ashamed if they were listening to this right now. Okay, Riz. Yes, that means that you are able to get a girl or a boy. Like you have woo and charm. Okay, you got that Riz. Because you know what word that comes from? Charisma. Oh, charisma. Yes. What are, isn't it? They say you got W Riz. Mm. What's W Riz? I don't know, girl. That's like, that's a whole lot of Riz. That's wow. a W Riz. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, Cap. Yes. You you have said something that's not true. Yeah. Um, It's giving. It's giving cool mom vibes. It's giving. This is the best show ever. It's giving. It's giving? Yeah, you don't know about it's giving? No. Okay, so. It's giving, like, if someone's, like, like t- telling a really sad story or, like, they're, like, feeling bad and you're, like, it's giving depression, you know? It's, like, okay. <laughs> it's, like, we're officializing the emotion of the story. Okay. But it's, like, whatever the vibe it's putting off. Okay, because Abby's been using the word aesthetic lately. Oh, listen. They're all out is here Is that the with same aesthetic. thing as vibe? Yeah, the but aesthetic? aesthetic is, like, the look of, like... But they're now starting to use aesthetic as like an adjective where it's like, and it's meeting a certain aesthetic for yes, them. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. Listen, I'm out here like, y'all don't, okay. What, do you know what aesthetic means? It's not a, I don't know. They're, I don't, it's just weird how they're using it. It's weird. I agree. Uh, and then bro everything. Everything bro. Cannot start a sentence without bro. 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 Broski. I say broski. Is that cool? Broski? What's up, broski? How do your kids respond when you, do you ever use their language? No. No, the, the main way I embarrass my children is wearing my robe out in public. <laughs> but I typically don't try and engage in conversations. Yes. No. I uh, I brought the kids into into my office when I was working on this list, and I was like, okay, can you help me with these? Like, Did they know them? They did, but they were like, Mom, nobody says this or whatever. You know? It's because TikTok changes it every two weeks. It Y'all is. Stop it. Cannot keep up. No. Cannot keep up. Yeah. So I feel like there are so many things that are different, but gosh, so many things are just exactly the same, right? Like the same things that we experience as teens, learning to drive. Correct. Um, starting to date. Yes. You did because you had a little. You I remember said, were your you little. Allowed to date? I remember your little boyfriend that you didn't make it like two hours, but that Bodie, was like middle school. Bodie, yeah, that's sixth grade, <laughs> and we did make it two hours. No, I was allowed to date when I was sixteen, but there were lots of rules. <laughs> lots, yes. Um, a higher workload. You know, school is so much more. Yes, I remember being stressed with school, though. Don't you? And I think that's that, there's a stress. Like, there's a stress and, like, an overload feeling that is maybe something you haven't experienced before until this stage. Agreed. Yes. Where it's just, like, trying to keep up with all the things. Because potentially you have, like, your first job. Yes. I have jobs. Yep. 
There's yep. more responsibility. Uh, you you know, your classes are more intense. You have all these like friendships and stuff that you're trying to keep up with and hang out with those people. You potentially have like a boyfriend girlfriend relationship. Um, you know, not to mention the fact that like you're just like changing as a person. Correct. The person that starts high school as like a 14, 15 year old, oh my gosh, changes so drastically yes. over the next four years by the time, you know, you're a senior. Like it's just such a change in your your body, your emotional maturity, your mental maturity. Like you're just so it's huge. Yeah. Well, and some of those changes are frustrating for them because they're not sure how to navigate all the differences. I think that happens early, like freshman, sophomore year. And then you kind of want your junior seniors to settle in to like who they are. Like, yeah. let's own it now. Yeah. This is you. Yeah. So that when you go off to college, you don't go through another like radical change of trying to fit in or, you know, find, you know, because they found their friends in school. And then when you go off to college, you have to find all new friends. So see, I loved that. I felt like when I got to college, like it was cool for me to kind of have a blank slate and decide. Reinvent yourself. Yeah. Like knowing <laughs> what I know now, who do I want to be? You know, nobody knows me here. Yeah. Like knowing what I know now, who do I want to be as college Kate? And it honestly was very freeing. I mean, because I went off to school in a different state. I didn't know anybody. And so it was really neat for me to kind of like take the lessons I had learned and I didn't, there wasn't any stigma, I didn't That's have any baggage. That's so mature. I do not think I had that mature perspective <laughs> on going off to college. That is so mature. No, I did not. I was just like, be bopping on to the next. Here we go. <laughs> What's happening? Shout out freshman year. Oh. Okay, so I think, um, you know, I do want to put the caveat here that Rebecca and I are in no way... Um, professionals of raising teenagers. <laughs> we are not the experts on this topic. By the way, we are not experts on on any any, <laughs> any topics. Really what we're trying to do provide in this space is talk about what is ha- just create the conversation so that we're having the conversation about what we're going through, what our kiddos are going through, what we've experienced, what's worked for us, what the experts are saying um, so that hopefully moms, it encourages you and just helps you feel like you're known and safe and you're not going through this alone. Well, and to throw up some flags and say, this is a road bump we hit. Yeah. So if you're coming behind, think about this, you know, part of it is like, I just want moms ahead of me to say, you know, what was the biggest thing you struggled with this? Okay, good. Well, let me get my head around that. There you go. Before we get there. There you go. So with that in mind, you know, I'm kind of somewhat new into teenagerdom. You know, I just have a, I have a 16 year old and my middle's about to be 13, which is kind of wild, you know, so we're starting to, to move into that. Um, Rebecca has a, uh, is Jake 18 yet? No, almost? he turns 18 in a couple months. So, okay. Yeah, 17 and 14. Okay. So, you know, so you have yeah. two in it. So, you know, we're kind of in the thick of it with them. Um, well, and we have boys. Our teenagers right now are boys. Yeah. So we haven't had the teenage girl yet. Yeah. Um, so because of, you know, just where we are and, and then also wanted to provide that community and asking other parents, I hopped on my social media and asked parents of teenagers to give us some feedback. And the first question I asked them was what was the hardest thing for them about having teenagers? So, but Becca, I wanted to ask you first, like, what do you feel like is the hardest thing about having teenagers? I don't have anything that comes to the top of my head. Really? Yeah. 
I I love it. Like I love this season. Really? Yes, this is my favorite. So see, I was thinking about that and I because I actually thought that's what you were going to say. <laughs> I love it. And I think, you know, and on different episodes you and I take the lead. And I thought, would it be better for her to take the lead on a, when she's like, I love teenagers, or is it better for me to take the lead where I'm like, oh, this has been rocky, (laughs) you know? Yes. So, you know, I think it's just interesting um, that we have different perspectives on. We've had, we've had road bumps along the way and things we've had to reevaluate. But I mean, from the beginning of my after college years, I loved working with teenagers. So I looked so forward to having a teenager one day. So now that I'm here, it's not all like rainbows and roses, but I love it. (laughs) I love it. Okay, good. Okay. So then let's, let's say what the people on the the social media say. Okay. They said some of the hardest things were getting them to communicate. So especially with boys, like getting them talk like tell you actual things and my senior is a talker he tells me everything yeah 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 and I'm out here having to like read text messages to like get an inside scoop so I can do a a workaround and be like no girl I'm like can you stop talking for a second because (laughs) I need to go do something yes um I think what a lot of the girl moms said was navigating emotions yes and just not knowing from day to day um, especially with girls, like if they were going to hate your guts right, or want to be around you. And see, I that scares me because my girl's at the end. So I honestly have more fear with her becoming a teenager than the boys because yeah. for that very reason. Yeah. Are they still going to like me? Yeah. No, I know. And it would, it would just be really hard if they yes. just like think you're scum, you know, like <laughs> I, I don't want that, but I also don't want that to be my motivating factor and how I parent them because I'm well, afraid sure. of them not liking me. But that for me is a very real thing. Yeah. You know, I'm a people pleaser at heart. That's one of the issues I've had to, and I can even see myself like struggling with that with my kiddos. You know, I don't want them to not like me. And so sometimes I feel like I don't want to be too harsh or be hard because I'm afraid that they're going to like not like me or not want to be around me, you know? Greg says I throw nuclear bombs into conversations all the time with our children. He's <laughs> like, wow, you went hard on that. You sure you don't want to like lessen up a little bit? <laughs> um, and so I end up, I think I end up by the grace of God, you know, not f- falling to that. But it's it's a tension to manage. Um, it's where Jeremy and I are constantly like, he can tend to be a little harder and I'm softer. And mm-hmm. so we're kind of regularly checking in and being like, okay, I need you to come more my way. And he's like, I need you to come more my way, <laughs> you know? And yes. we're, we're having to get on the same page there. Um, then another parent said, and sometimes you don't like them very much. I have experienced that. Yes. Where you're just like, I don't really like who you are. I don't want to be around you right now. Yeah. You know, um, you're not nice. You're not fun to be around. Like, you know, having dinner with them and it's like, oh, you're making this such a terrible situation. Yes. <laughs> like, we're just trying to have dinner together. Yes. You know, and that's yes. hard. Uh, a, one parent said having their own free will. Because they don't just do what you say anymore. Yeah. I think for for me, this has been the biggest struggle is having to open my hands and release control. I don't have the level of control anymore that I used to. And it's not healthy for me to, you know, they need to become their own person 
and make the decisions they're going to make, fail when they fail, succeed when they succeed, it's not healthy for me to, you know, micromanage every one of their decisions. Right. Dang, that is hard. It was a lot easier when I could say, you wear this, you eat this, we go here, you know? Yeah. Put somebody in timeout. There was just more to be controlled, whereas now when we're moving into this season of preparing them for adulthood, it's that's not healthy. Well, and letting them fail is hard because mm-hmm. I'm dealing with that with our senior right now because he has trouble waking up to an alarm. And mm. it's like, I don't want him to be tardy to class. I don't want him to miss this. and I don't want him to be late for work. And so I want to rescue him from that. Mm-hmm. But I know that's not going to serve him in the next season of his life yeah, because there isn't going to be someone there to rescue him. Yeah. So I just don't want, I don't mind if they mess up a little bit, but I just kind of want to control the mess up. Yes. How much can we do right here? Yes. Well, and actually that's a very valid thing because you do, you do want them to mess up a little bit, but not too much. But not too much. And so it's constantly like, okay, do I step in now? No. Cause do I'll I be like, now? how many tardies does he have? All right. He could be tardy this week. That's okay. Cause <laughs> But then, like, for work, I'm like, no, because then it'll get written up, and then maybe you might not get fired. And so then you're like, yeah. I'm going to rescue. Yeah. So. Okay, the next one is not getting caught up in their emotional moments. So, you know, that things can start getting heated, and you can start kind of getting in the dirt with them a little bit on it, you know, where they're having a sassy attitude. So you're like, excuse me, I've been sassing twice as long as you've been sassing. You want to see some sass, you know? <laughs> like, Yes. It you could easily kind of get caught up in it and forget you're the parent. Yes, they're the kid. Yes, um, and I love this one because this is something I struggle with too. The hardest thing um, for them was just listening more than they talk and not making everything a life lesson. Oh yes, yes. Because don't you feel like I don't know? For me, if for, okay for us with our teenager, we're doing a lot of very first things. Like in the last six weeks. We have had our first car, you know, first driver's license, first girlfriend, first job interview, first job, first bank account. Like we've been navigating a lot of like big life stuff. And so I'm constantly like, okay, now let me tell you about this, Mm -hmm, you know, and it's like, mm -hmm. okay, you know, when do I, when do I talk and share and when do I just kind of like. Let him figure it out. Because I do think they have a limit. Teenagers have a limit to yes. what they can take in at one point. Yes. So sometimes what you're saying is really good, but they've hit the limit. Yeah. So it's almost like you need to say part B uh, for later. Yes. Which I remember a mom telling me years ago that you had like 10 to 20 words before they checked out. So whatever you needed to say to them, you needed to make sure that it was concise enough that you could say it in 10 to 20 words. Oh, boy. That's that's not a lot of words. That is not a lot of words. No. But my firstborn is a word kid, so I'm like, dude, I could talk to him for all day. I mean, he's all about it. So yes. every kid's so different. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so I asked also for their best advice that they had received um, or that other parents had passed on to them or, or what they would pass on to other parents. And this is some of them. Um, keep them in extracurricular activities. So keeping them busy. Yes, but not too busy. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> And what you're bringing up is I feel like this is, it's the tension to the manage tension. Yeah. Of, a, of a little bit, but not too much. And the tension of multiple kids. Because it's not just one kid that's doing extracurriculars. Yeah. And how that affects the rest of the family. So, yeah. I think the idea is just making sure, you know, for a lot of teenagers, they need to be busy. 
they get into trouble when they're sitting at home or sitting on their screens or they can stay up till 2 a.m. because they don't have to go to work the next morning or go to school. You know, there needs to be some responsibility on their shoulders, things that they need to show up for to help keep them in a safe place. I agree. But, you know, that's what we talked about last week with Shauna. It's this whole idea of where does church fit into that? And mm-hmm. sometimes you have a kid that's so busy uh-huh. that you don't have time for the important things that your family values. Yeah. Dinners together, family time. Uh, church together, things like that. And so what I have found with my older kids is that they, some of them want to do so many things, it's hard to tell them no. Yeah. Because they're just excited about it. Sure, and, you and they're want good them, things. They're good things. You want them to have all those opportunities. And then well, like with the job thing, you know, we have a kid that has to have a job mm-hmm. because he has to help pay for car payments and insurance and gas. So then when they're not working a lot, you're almost upset about that because you're like, you need to work more. Mm. So it is definitely a tension to manage as a parent, trying to figure out how much is too much, but what is enough for that kid. Yeah. Well, and like with our son, he just started working and he took on four shifts his first week. And I'm like, bro, we cannot. You have eight classes. Mm -hmm. You know, five of them are AP or dual credit college classes. The other three are honors. Your load at school is full. This we're not asking you here to help us make house payments, friend. Oh, trust me, he's not. He's not making <laughs> enough for that. Because sometimes you look at their paycheck and go, oh, "I'm so sorry." I know. That's Honestly, really, we did the math, really and I was like, "Oh, jeez, this is nothing." That's one tank of gas. <laughs> yes. Okay, okay. But I just didn't want him to feel the pressure of that. Yes. Like we've got this. You know, yeah, we can pay the bills. Yeah, like do not burn yourself out saying yes to too many of these shifts. Yes. So that's been an interesting thing to manage. Okay, the next one was um, establish, you can ask me anything. Yep, love that. And I think if there's any huge piece that I would pass along that I feel like has been pivotal, it's that piece, Mm -hmm. that you are a safe place, that they can come to you and say anything, and you can handle it. That's right. And what I found with my boys is that sometimes you have to be doing something else for them to ask the question. Yeah. Like you can't like call a meeting at the kitchen table and be like, okay, I'm ready. Uh-huh. Ask me anything. Uh-huh. They're not going to do it. No, for sure. That's, you know, uh, over Christmas I had the chance. I, I took my son. We went and got Dutch Bros. And then we went and played pickleball. And, you know, he didn't know. Sometimes I just, we just do that stuff for fun. But I knew I had, I needed to, to have some intentional conversations with him. Right. And so I had a captive audience. I had him with me. And it was a great chance for us to like be able to have some of those conversations. Exactly. And we just to bring some stuff up that we needed to talk about. Yep. Um, the next one is, uh, so just engaging with them in some things. These were ideas. Church together, going on walks and taking them to dinner individually. Yeah, I love that. Uh, cheering them on, you know, that we're their biggest cheerleaders. The next one is that we keep talking to them, even when they shut down, that Mm -hmm. we still get creative about finding ways to engage with them. Don't let them, don't let them completely shut us out. Yes, that's good. Which is tricky to manage also. Um, And then let them fail while they're in your house. You know, that as you have the, when they fail, and I feel like this was so true even when we talk when we talk about toddlers that every mistake is an opportunity. And so often we see them making mistakes as an infringement upon our own personal happiness, you know, because when they get in a car accident or they mess up at school or they break something in the house, yes, it does make your life harder. 
But the truth of the matter is that every mistake that they make is an opportunity for you to lean in and show them Jesus and help show them the way forward. Exactly. And so every one of those opportunity, every one of those mistakes creates an opportunity for, for us to kind of lean in with them. So last night in our small group with my ladies for church, we talked about the story where Jesus is led into the wilderness to be tempted. Uh And it struck me as I was studying for it, it had never struck me before that Jesus being led into the wilderness by the spirit was for the purpose of him to be tempted Uh because he needed to experience some human temptations as he was beginning this ministry to be Jesus and to go out and share the gospel. And that was not his fault. Like, he didn't sin into that temptation. Right. It was something that the Lord was using to grow him. Yes. And so many times with our teenagers, not every temptation or mistake is a sin. It's not because they intentionally were doing something wrong. Yeah. It's something that they walked in on or it was thrust upon them or a friend dragged them into it. Sure. And so I think it's important for us as parents to make sure that we are not you know, setting up this idea that every time they make a mistake, it's a blame thing or a sin thing or a fault thing, that life just throws mm. stuff at us. Yeah. And so as your parents, we're here just to help you kind of figure out how to navigate some of that stuff, not because it's your fault, but because you're human. Yeah. And this is going to come at you whether you like it or not. That's right. Because we so often give ourselves grace when things like that happen to us where we go, it's not my fault or I didn't mean to or whatever. We need to be having that same grace for our kids so that we can teach them that's part of that safety thing to say, you can come back and tell me anything because it's not always a mistake. It's just a learning lesson. Exactly. Exactly. And they're going to happen. They're going to happen. None of us make it through without, you know, dinging another car, overdrafting our bank account. Right. Texting something we shouldn't. Exactly. You know, we're all going to do it. So with that in mind, you know, as we navigate this season with our teenagers, I think there are a few things I would love for us to remember. Um, Number one, I want to talk to us about control. I think that when this stage hits, it feels like parents often tend toward one extreme or the other because things feel so out of control and they know that their kiddo is needing to go to this next level, they either clamp their hands down around the kiddo and and there's so much supervision and so much control, or they go the other way and it feels like things are so out of control that they just open their hands up and go, okay, we'll figure it out. And really when we look at it, you know, I think we can all say, okay, well, probably neither of those extremes, living in those extremes is never going to be healthy. Um, and so instead, it's just... I think the thing that has been beautiful about this season for us is it has put me on my knees for my children more than ever before. Agreed. Because there is this Holy Spirit tension that you're navigating, this place where it has to be God guiding you to either speak or to put a guard over your mouth, to put a law down or to pull a law back, that there's always this kind of you walking in step with the Spirit to navigate this new season with your child. I totally agree with that. And I think that's what I think I've felt too with hitting this season of teenagers is I'm, I look back and go, I wish I had prayed more when they were little <laughs> because it feels like it's caught up to me now. Yeah. And I'm playing catch up with my prayers because yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea it was going to feel this out of control, this heavy, this, you know, like the time is ticking. It's almost over. Well, yeah. And the things are big. You know, before we were talking about 
uh, scraped knees or, you know, hurt friendships or things like that. For the most part, that's what you're navigating. And now we're talking about things that could alter the rest of their lives. Yep. Yep. And so it just feels very heavy yeah. and significant. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think we, we need to understand that with, with godly wisdom, but we also need to remember the part we play in it. And I, I always go back to this scripture. It's in first Corinthians three, five through nine. And it's where Paul is talking to the Corinthian people and they're arguing about who they should listen to Paul or this other guy named Apollos. And Paul is saying, no, it, it doesn't matter. You, you can listen to both of us. It doesn't matter if you're, if you believe what Paul says or Apollos, we're, we're both, you know, just ministers of God. And then he says this line. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who gives the growth. And I think, you know, that is what he's talking to him about, that, hey, one of us planted and one of us watered. You know, like Paul might have been the first one that brought them the gospel. And then Apollos came along and he's been watering that. But they're just, that's their part that they have to play in it. The really beautiful part is the God part that we actually have no control over, where he gives the growth. And it's just a really beautiful thing of just being able to say as a mom, hey, my job is is not to make this kid grow. I actually don't have control over that. I can plant and I can water and then I trust God with his part. Well, and we have to trust that whatever God's story for that kid is, mm. it's not going to look like your friend's kid's story and it's not going to look like maybe your story. Yeah. That it's for their good. Mm. Because we tend to compare our kids so often to other kids and thinking that somebody got a better hand or a better deal or a better academic schedule or a better scholarship or, I mean, if you're not there yet, I feel it right now, especially senior year, as all these things come to fruition and you start looking around and you have to keep your eyes on Jesus and Mm -hmm. say, it's not about anybody else's kid, but mine. Yeah. And what you have for them. Yeah, that's good. And whatever you have for them is better than anything I could have ever hoped for. Yes. If I'll just trust you. That's great. The last piece I would say about the control thing is I got some really good coaching from someone recently. And I was, you know, talking about navigating things with our teenager. And just the reminder that we are looking here to move from a director relationship to a coaching relationship with these children. And instead of telling them what to do, we're inviting them into it and letting them make the decision and we're coaching them along. So specifically what that's looks like for us is, um, you know, t- sitting down and saying, okay, Hey, this is the person you have told us that you want to be. Is that the person you want to be? Okay. So if that's true, these decisions aren't matching up with that. So what decisions do you think you should be making in order to be the person you want to be? So instead of telling, it's more of a helping them to come to the conclusion and solutions on their own and then cheering them on as they do it. Well, it's so interesting because I'm taking some classes online for um, a life coaching program. And one of the things that they talk about is in a coaching relationship, the person you're helping is the expert Mm. because it's their life. Yeah. And you're coming alongside them to say, what is it that you want out of life? Yeah. And I'm here to help you get to that next goal. That's right. So it's not about you stepping in to say, this is what I want for your life. Right. And so that's so interesting that you talk about moving from director to coach. Because when they do leave your home and go off, it really is their life. It is. 
they're determining the person they want to be. Yeah. And if they've never had responsibility for that until they've like driven out of your driveway. Yeah. That's probably not good. Yeah. So at some point we have to start helping them make those decisions themselves while we're still around. That's right. Yeah. They need to have some ownership in it. So control. I think the next big thing is understanding. You know, as believers, we have this beautiful relationship with our Savior that it talks about in Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. It says about Jesus, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find help in our time of need and you know I think about that we have that opportunity with Christ and that we want to create that opportunity Um, we want to reflect that for our children and then also bring them to the throne you know that they would know that there's not anything that they could do that we wouldn't understand that we have no expectation for them to be perfect. You know, bless our son, he he had his car for two weeks and backed into another car, and he came home, and he was so disappointed in himself. And, you know, of course, Dad and I didn't overreact or anything. We just were kind of like, okay, well, let's take care of it. And, and having conversations with him afterwards, you know, he was like, he, he was so disappointed in himself that he had done it. And I said, well, Babe, I'm sorry that you feel that way because we knew you were going to make mistakes. Right, right. You know, like we knew that at some point, this is why we have car insurance. Yes. You know, so yes. it's okay. Like that is going to happen. Um, And so just letting them know, you know, that there's really not anything you can say that's going to make me blush. You know, it might break my heart, but I can, I can handle it. And just really just working on that poker face. That your child is telling you a story about something they did or something their friend did, and you are just poker face, you know? Yes. Or they're just kind of like, okay, this is not this is not getting her razzled up. Okay. And she's safe. I can tell her things and she's exactly. not gonna freak out. Yes. You know, is is very important. Yes, 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 yes. Well, and in that same story where Jesus is led into the wilderness to be tempted by the Spirit. You know, I think sometimes we go, well, why did he even like have to do that? He wasn't going to sin. I mean, that's why he's Jesus. But I think he did it for us. Mm. He did it because he knew he wanted to go through some experiences that we were going to go through as humans. And he wanted to do it and be able to do it without sin so that he could offer his life for ours. Yeah. Because I sinned when I was a teenager. For I'm sure. not perfect. So yeah. I can't hold myself up against my teen and say, God, I did such a better job than you. Yeah. We all made mistakes. And so that's the point of Jesus is that... He doesn't expect us to be perfect because he knew he would. We wouldn't. Yeah. So he did it on our behalf. Yeah. Love so that. that he could say, "Don't worry, I've got this." That's right. I understand completely. You can come to me with anything. Right. Yeah. He models that so well. Um, so that would be, you know, the of my three things. The first two are release control, have understanding, and then finally get help. I feel like just being in the space we are with moms. There's a lot of help out there for moms of newborns. There's a lot of help for moms of toddlers of like tips and tricks, you know, these hacks. Mom community, there's more moms meeting together in spaces and things. And by the time kids start to get to be teenagers, moms get a little siloed off 
where they're starting to try and do it in a little bit more of a vacuum. And you can feel like I'm the only one going through this. My teen is the only one doing this. And there's a little more like shame and secrecy around it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Part of it is because we want to protect their stories. You know, their stories are their stories. And so, I mean, bless our kids' hearts. They get blasted to the world. (laughs) Listen, look, Greg said this, so I'm going to do it. He said, I bet you're going to tell everybody how to colonoscopy on that podcast because you just tell everything that happens in our life. And I said, yes, sir, because it's funny and people need to know. And by the way, you should get a colonoscopy because it's your health matters. So bless our families. They just are like up a creek with the podcast mamas they telling do. all their stuff. They do. You know, we we tell their tales, you know, with within reason, with permission. But um, I, I think that uh, we just need to be better about moms of teenagers of just normalizing conversations of, okay, hey, did your kid saw porn? What did you do? Hey, your kid is dating someone for the first time. Like, what rules did you guys set? Yep. You know, hey, your kid is driving. What? How are you guys navigating that? What are the What are the boundaries around that? What kind of things have you taught? Like, why are we not having these conversations in the same way that we were when they were little? We have got to do better about that, so that um, you know when things do come up, we've got other moms in our corner that can that can help us navigate them. I love Proverbs. Um, 1522, it says, without counsel, plans fail, fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. And so just having other mamas, other parents ahead of you in your corner that you can say, hey, what do we do here? And then not being afraid to go to a counselor. And you may go to a counselor as a mama and say, hey, can you help? We need help navigating this. You know, or you and your spouse may go and say, can you help us navigate this? And then going to your child and saying, hey, this is a, this is a lot and we want to get you the help that you need. And so we're going to go to a counselor. And, you know, your child may push back, um, but if that really is the right answer for them, that, that you would really encourage them to do that. Normalize it. Normalize yeah. asking for help. Yeah. Normalize it with your teenager Normalize it in such a way that when they are adults one day, they remember that you didn't have all the answers and so you did seek help. And so it's okay for them to seek help too. That's right. That's exactly right. Okay, moms, we love you. Moms of teenagers, we are in it with you. And um, stay tuned on social this week as we put out some more things for mamas of teens. We'll see you next time. Bye, moms. <laughs>